Okay, so we're going to give uh, some folks just a few more minutes here to get on, and then we're going to get started. Uh, Greg Austria. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Hey, Brandon, how you doing? I'm good. Good. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to get started. I know some people will jump on late here, but uh, I don't want to penalize people who are on time too much. So uh, I'm going to mute everyone. Uh, at the end, we'll have some Q&A. So if you guys have questions, um, you guys can ask those questions. I will unmute you at that time. So I'm going to go ahead and mute, and I'm going to get started. So uh, get some popcorn, do what you need to do, get a pen and paper handy to take notes, and we'll get started. All right, so today's topic here with the monthly group management call is about how do we take information in our business and use that information to create transformation. And so as I talk about this, the reason why I'm bringing this up is a lot of times when we look at the information in our business, and when I talk about information, I'm talking about statistics, I'm talking about um, I'm talking about financials, all those different things. A lot of times the feedback that I get is, you know, Brandon, what I do with those tools is I either get really happy because they look good or I get really sad because they don't look the way that I want them to. And so the question that I have for you to ponder right now, and you don't have to answer this question on this call, but think about this, is why do you track numbers in your business? Seriously, why do you do it? Why do you track numbers in your business? What are those numbers for? So I want to share a little bit about why we track numbers as you're pondering that. And I also want to talk about what do we do now with that information? How do we do that? So the first thing that we want to do when creating information from transformation 
is we want to actually track the numbers, and that's going to be important. So how do we know how our business is doing? How do you know today how your business is performing in the different categories that are important to your business? How do you know how you're doing? And this is an important distinction to make because a lot of times what we do is we say, look, well, if there's money in the bank, then I'm doing fine. Or uh, someone told me yesterday, if I can pay the bills, then I feel pretty good about that. Okay, great. Well, then what happens if you can't pay the bills? And what if you knew beforehand that that event was going to happen before it happened? How powerful would that information be for you? So when we look at information, we want to use that information to take the pulse of how our business is doing and utilize that information to hopefully create change. So another question that I have is what if we could pinpoint what was wrong in our business by looking at the numbers? So what if you could just look at a set of numbers in your business and pinpoint specifically where you had a problem? Or what if you looked at the systems and processes that you had in place and, and you could pinpoint where that problem was in the process? So a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll take marketing as a great example of this. A lot of times we look at marketing and, and one of the, the biggest things, and, and I know I've got a lot of doctors on the call in a lot of different uh, medical fields, and so the question then is, you know, I need more patients. How do I get more patients? That always comes up, right? No one wants new patients. Not you guys that are on the call right now, but, you know, there's other guys who are interested in getting more patients. And so for them, it's like, okay, how do I get more patients? Well, where, is, where do we pinpoint where that breakdown occurs. And so one of the first things we look at is, is uh, you know, we have the end in mind. So we say, hey, I want uh, 40 new patients a month or 30 new patients a month or 20 or 60 or 100, whatever that is. Okay, that's how many I need in my practice. Okay, great. Well, let's work back and figure out what needs to happen there. And so we'll look at, okay, if, if we're only getting 20, then what effort needs to be put forth to get to 40? What do we need to do differently in order to get, the num you know, get where we need to go? What are the most important marketing statistics that we need to track beyond new patients? This could be number of mailers sent out. This could be uh, a number of email open rates if you're emailing your clients. This could be uh, patient engagement on social media. It could be number of hits to your website. Um, what are those key performance indicators in your business? And if you don't have a set of key performance indicators in your business on a dashboard where you can look at it at any point in time, then you need to put that together. That needs to be part of what you do every single week as a business owner and look at these things. So. What are those key performance indicators in your business? And basically, when I say key performance indicators, these are the essential numbers that you should track to get a snapshot of how your business is doing. So if I asked you, hey, how's business, you could pull that up and say, gosh, marketing looks really good. Uh, performance looks really good in terms of the, our service delivery. Uh, we're doing a good job with employee engagement this, this, uh, this week. All these things look good. Um, and we want these to be reviewed easily. And I think a lot of times the reason why we don't do this as business owners is because we, we put the onus on ourselves. But I want to give someone responsibility for doing that 
who's invested in that process, someone who's willing to take the time to give us the statistics that we need. And we may not need all statistics all at the same time. There may be some statistics that we need on a daily basis. There may be some statistics that we need on a weekly basis, some that we need on a monthly basis. And we need to determine you know, what those different uh, measurements are, and we need to put someone in charge of putting those together for us so that the responsibility doesn't fall on us. Now, for some people, I've invited a lot of managers on the call. So if you're a manager, this is something that you should be thinking about. When I was a COO for a company, um, what I wanted was information. And if I don't have information, then that's a problem for me. So I want to create a scenario where I have information at my fingertips so I can see how things are going and, and what things are going on uh, if, if, I'm a, if I'm in a management position. So for you managers that are on this call, um, that is critical. What are those key performance indicators? And if you don't know those things, then you can't manage. Peter Drucker, uh, the father of modern management, said, what gets, measured gets, what, what gets measured gets managed, and what gets managed gets done. So if you, you, can't measure, you can't manage what you don't measure, because how do you know whether the performance is good or bad? How do we know, for instance, I mean, look at your employees. If you have employees, what are their key numbers? How do I know if my employee is doing good or bad, and how do they know? And what happens when we come to raise time and we get into a situation where it's my opinion against my employee's opinion? And, and we do this a lot of times. This is where letting an employee give their own feedback can be helpful, but it can also be disastrous because you have an employee that you think is a six, and they rate themselves a 10. So there's a disconnect there. And so now I'm saying, well, listen, I, I don't feel like you've really done your job this year. And they can look at you and say, well, I felt like I did. Well, where do we go from there? That's a sticky situation to get into. And I see it happen all the time, where now, now you've got to make a case against your own employee uh, if they think that they're performing at a high level and you don't think that they are, what are you going to do there? Uh, if you don't have numbers to support their job or you don't have some specific measurements to support that, and it doesn't have to be numbers, um, then it's, now it's you saying, well, you know, I just feel like you're not very good in these areas. Well, that's not a powerful conversation because now it puts you in a position to have to say bad things about your employee right to their face, and that doesn't always work out well. Not to say that you shouldn't have scenarios where you don't give critical feedback to your team, but it's sure nice to give some real empirical data of where you're coming from here. Hey, here's how I knew you fell short here. You know, here's the data that I'm looking at that represents that. So, um, so that's, that, that's a big reason why key performance indicators uh, are important in your, in your business for your team as well as for your business overall. So uh, think about what those key performance indicators uh, look like for your business and, and what you need to put there in place. Um, so once you review your numbers, now what? So this is really the meat of what I want to get into today. Number one, if we're going to look at numbers, then we need to do something and create change. So we don't want to review numbers and then just shrug it off or say, oh, well, that sucks. Um, why didn't this, you know, you know, I wish that would have been better. You know, I, this is where I really want to create 
transformation in the sense of urgency. So if I look at my numbers, what I want to do is I want to ask the question why. And this is whether my numbers are good or whether they're not very good. I want to ask myself why. Why did we do well if we did well? And if we did poorly, why did we do poorly? Why did this happen? And, you know, this is one of the things when I coach with people, and sometimes I'll ask them point blank, and it sounds like a stupid question. I'll say, hey, why do you think your results were short last month? And, you know, sometimes people have an answer. They'll say, hey, you know what, I think this is what happened. And then other times when I know things are really in trouble is when someone fires back to me, I don't know, that's why I hired you. Okay, well, maybe, that's, <laughs> maybe there's some validity there to that. But we have to know deep down, maybe we don't know how to fix the problem, but we have to at least be able to identify what those problems are. And this is where asking that question of why is just so critical um, in our business. Every time I see a set of numbers, I, I want to say, why did this happen? What is the problem here that we need to fix? Why did we get the result that we got? And I want to look through all these different things. And keeping track of these things is crucial. When I talked about tracking numbers and being on top of these things, there are so many scenarios, and I hesitate to bring up any of the scenarios because some of the people that I bring up the scenarios for may either be on this call right now or they may be listening to this call later and they may be thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he, took, he talked poorly about me. But I'll share just some specific, really generic scenarios. You know, I was talking with a chiropractor um, in, uh, in some part of the country. I'll keep it super anonymous. And they were, and this was in an event. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm comfortable sharing this because this person isn't a client and they'll probably never be a client uh, because of how I responded to them complaining about the fact that their employee had stolen $50,000 from them. Now, that sounds like something that you should be sympathetic about. That sounds like something that, oh, my gosh, that's terrible, right? $50,000 from your practice. Think about that. That would be terrible. But when I started talking with this person, what I realized is this employee didn't do – they didn't just walk out of the practice one day with fifty grand in their pocket. They had systematically stolen money from this person over a five-year period, and they had no idea that it was going on. Now, why didn't I have a lot of sympathy for that? I looked at this person and said, why didn't you take care of your business? That was a tough question for him, but it was a legitimate question. I looked at his business and I said, hey, you could have found out about this probably within a couple of months if you had paid attention. That's an easy thing to spot. When I worked in the corporate world, they literally knew, and this is a billion-dollar company that I worked with, they literally knew when someone stole $100. They were there the next day. Quick as that. Why were they there? Because of financial controls and performance indicators. They knew when things didn't add up. They knew when one plus one was three, and they would go in and take a look at it right away. Now, you may not have that type of financial control, but you can, you can know. Look, you can't stop someone from stealing. Someone's going to steal, but you can stop the, the scope of the theft that happens in your practice. You can stop that by looking at some of your financial numbers and looking at some of the financial detail that happens in your practice. You could do this on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, but there's no reason for someone to walk out with $50,000 of your own money unless you're just negligent. That's complete negligence. So 
What are you going to do when you see numbers? How can you create change? How do you create a sense of urgency? So as we look at this, so if we're doing things that we want to do and they're good, we want to keep doing that, and we want to keep moving that forward. How do we keep our foot on the gas? If things aren't the way we want them to be, how do we change that? And this is why I like to look at numbers on a weekly basis. Because if you go into week one and you know you're already behind the pace, now you can look at this and find out what happened. If you wait until the end of the month to look at your numbers that way, with some of your numbers, it's too late to make that change. And now a month's gone by, which we all know that, look, a month in a year, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time, and that's hard to make up. Not to say that it's impossible to do that, but I'd rather not. So looking at that frequently allows me to really address that problem right away. And this is where I get my team involved, and communication is critical. It, I'm amazed that it, there's actually some business owners that I talk with that their business is struggling, and they, their team doesn't even know. Their team thinks that things are fine. Well, we can't be rugged individualists about our business and expect things to change. We need to get our team involved. If things aren't looking the way we want them to, then that's fine. And I know sometimes I hear all the excuses, like I don't want to share my financial numbers with my team, right? I don't want to share stats with them because I don't want them to think that I'm making all this money and I don't want them to ask me for a raise. And the reality is, is that people know that they get paid what they get paid, and that's it. And if you have a specific process for giving raises every year and a specific set of criteria for how people get raises, then that's not going to happen. But we've got to get our team involved if things aren't going the way that we need them to go because it's a team effort. If we fix it, I need the entire team to fix this. I need them to get on board and help us create the change that we need to create. So part of this, too, is challenging assumptions. I, I talk with a lot of people who, who, okay, so I work with a lot of do doctors. So doctors will take time off, which is a good thing. But then the thing that I hear around taking time off is we're going to take time off, and so now our production is going to dip. Now we're going to have a dip in production. They literally say that before the month has even happened. And so a lot of times we have to say, well, how real is that? So I had, I've had people break it down and say, look, what, what do the numbers need to look like for you to still hit your financial goals or your production goals? And we go through and we work out the numbers and we say, look, you can still do this with this number of days. It just needs to be more tight and more focused, but it's possible. So sometimes we have to challenge our assumptions. I, I, don't, I, I can't count how many times that I talk with a business owner and they're already, they already have a self-defeating attitude about a particular month or a particular year even, where they just say, hey, you know what, this month's not going to be very good, and here's why. We haven't even started the month, but it's already, they're already saying, well, this isn't going to be very good. And I always challenge that as a coach. That's my responsibility to say, well, how do you know that to be true? How could we make it not true? And this is a powerful question in your business that if you focus on this and get good at it, the sky is the limit. And how do we hit the goal anyway? In spite of the obstacles, how do we do what we need to do every single month? So a lot of times I talk about management by objectives, and we work on managing by objectives. Well, managing by objectives sounds really cool. It sounds really good. And we set objectives and we want our team to hit it, and we set ambitious goals that we push through. But there's a dark side to managing by objectives, and that's this. 
Come hell or high water, we're hitting the objectives. And when you manage by objectives properly, that's what it looks like. It's hardcore. It's about, look, we, there, we win and we win. There's no third option of failure. We're either winning or we're winning. But what we're not doing is we're not failing and we're not going to accept failure. Failure is not an option. And that's why when I talk about managing, managing by objectives, I also say we have to throw in quarterly celebration. Because if I push my team hard, I also want them to let them. I also want to let them know that they're appreciated. I want to create that space for that. But when we manage by objectives, we manage the numbers tight, and we let them know every single day. Look, this is what needs to be done to get there. And if we're not getting the result we want, then we have to take a look at our actions because our actions mirror our results. If we don't like our results, we have to change our actions. And we have to change what we do and how we behave on a daily basis. So involving your team in this process is critical. Communication has to happen. And most of the business owners that I work with communicate with their team on a pretty regular basis. They're doing weekly meetings. They're doing daily huddles. And all those things are great. And if you're not doing that, you need to do it. And then you need to have a high-level meeting to let people know, how did we do this month? Here's how we did. What did we do right? What did we do wrong? One of the greatest tools that I like to use to really kind of go through this is, is uh, a SWOT analysis. And SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Strengths and weaknesses are internal. Opportunities and threats are external. So strengths and weaknesses are basically what do we do really well? What are some things that we didn't do very well? in this month? What do we need to do differently next month to create change? These are the questions that we ask our team. What are the opportunities that exist out there that we haven't tapped into yet? They could be marketing opportunities. They could be um, patient, you know, patient uh, speaking opportunities. They could be, uh, you know, maybe just potential team or a referral source, whatever that is. Threats to our business. What are some things that can threaten our success uh, externally? Now, for, for most of our businesses, we don't have to worry a whole lot about external threats. Um, and, and in fact, I would argue that you're never at the mercy of external circumstances. And all the studying that I've done with, uh, you know, all the studying that I do on business through, you know, through Harvard Business Review, uh, through the materials that I read, through Wharton School of Business, all the research that I've done on business, small business specifically, one of the things that we've recognized is that once you're, if, you're, if your business is $10 million or less, there's little to no factor of external pressures. And this is, this is economic. This is regulate, regulatory from the government. In fact, and this will be very empowering to some, and for some who have held on to the belief that their business is a victim of circumstances outside of their control, this will be something that may make you angry. But the, the reality is, is you can grow your business to $10 million by just improving what you do inside of your business. So many of you have heard me talk about the 10 factors to designing the right experience. And we always talk about the internal experience dictates the external experience. So when we, when we take care of what's going on inside of our business, we serve our patients or our clients or our customers at a really high level. And there's a lot of power in doing that. 
And part of this is taking the information in our business back to this and then using that to change behaviors. So if I have a, this is why I want to give my employees key performance indicators. I want to sit down with them and I want to say, hey, what are we doing in the business? Right now your key numbers are off, and when your key numbers are off, it causes the whole practices numbers to be off. There's a huge problem here. We need to rectify the situation. How do we work together for a solution? But if we don't have key numbers for our team and they don't have any measurable uh, objectives, then we look at it and we're like, well, they seem to be working hard. Maybe they are. I don't really know where to pinpoint the problem. But there's always employee issues and problems that come up that get in the way of our success. One of, the, one of my favorite stories, and I, I know he won't mind me sharing this, is with a client that I had in California who realized that their numbers had dropped and they were doing really well. And then a couple months, they had a couple months where they were doing really poorly and he looked at me and he said, man, we're just not seeing as many patients as we usually do. I don't know what's going on. And, I, and for some reason, I don't even know why I asked him this, but for some reason I just said, hey, have you looked at the calendar? Is your calendar full? Are people, are people just no-showing or are people just not getting on the calendar because that's just weird? So we started looking at the calendar and I said, hey, go look at the calendar and then, and then call me back and let's talk about it. So he looks at it, he calls me back and he said, oh. he's like, it's the weirdest thing. I don't have any patients scheduled after 4.30 and he had his practice open till 6.30. So I said, well, that's weird. I said, well, who's in charge of the scheduling? He's like, well, I'm going to talk to her about this. So he, he confronts the employee about it, and this was a newer employee, and the new employee said, well, the old person who left told me that she doesn't schedule people after 4.30 because she doesn't want to stay late. <laughs> now, that sounds crazy. That's, a, that's an insane story, and, but that's one of those things where it's, look, if, if we start to see a drop, this is where we want to go back and, and comb over all the aspects of our business and find out where's, what's going on. Well, he reminded her that, hey, we do see patients after 4.30, and just because this person said that does not make that so. Now, I question the intelligence of an employee who would think that overall when they know that the practice is open for, you know, till 6 or 6.30. Uh, it, 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 it's astounding to me that they wouldn't have come to him and, and brought that up to begin with. But that's just one example of, look, when I look at the numbers, I want to say, why did this happen? What does this mean? And I want to go back and I want to look at the facts and find out where we need to make adjustments. Sometimes it's, it's a really obvious one like that, and sometimes you need to dig a little deeper to find out, you know, where that particular issue is. We've, we've seen this a lot of times when, with care plans that are sold or care that is sold, and if you have multiple people that sell uh, care, then, you know, sometimes there's one that's better than the other. But I, we recognize the situation again with another doctor that uh, they had really sporadic results. And what we realized is that there was one person that was really good about selling care. There was another one that wasn't so good about that. And that was, that was an adjustment that they needed to make. I said, hey, why don't you get rid of the person who's not very good and just have the person who's really good just do all of that all the time. Just something like that was really simple, but help them create some lift and help them create some results in their business. And so this is one of those things that, you know, once we review the numbers, now what do we do? 
you know, the first thing is, is look, we've got to do something. We've got to create change, or we've got to continue to keep doing what's got us there, but also continue to move the needle. I mean, marketing is one of those things where you just really can never take your foot off the pedal. You've always got to be pushing your marketing further and further. You've got to be talking to as many people as you can, getting your message out in the marketplace to really do that. And also challenge assumptions. Look, if you have negative assumptions about your business and what's possible, my request to you is to challenge those and say, is this real? You know, I, I don't know how many times I hear someone say, you know, August is always a bad month for us. Okay, well, great. Well, and, and it's maybe for you it's February or March or whatever, but what would need to happen for you to change the result of that particular month? What would you need to do to say, you know what, we're not going to settle for the fact that August always sucks. We're going to do something different to create a different result. What can we do? And this is, where, this is where you get your team involved and you say, guys, what are some ideas? What do you guys have? What can we do to create a different result here? Historically, here's how we've done. We're not okay with that. I'm not accepting that. I want to change that. How do we do it? Let's put our heads together and figure out some strategies to do that. And look, the strategies that you come up with, some of them will work. Some of them won't work, but that's okay. It's all about trial and error, trying some things out, seeing what works, what doesn't, and then going back to the drawing board and doing it all over again uh, to try to get a different result next time. And that's really, I mean, that's really what business is all about. It's, there's a science behind that, trying what works and what doesn't, and, and then taking what works, continuing to do that, take out what doesn't, and then bring new things uh, into the business to do that. So. When we talk about creating transformation, it's really about creating change and creating different actions. I don't know how many times I've seen a business owner that I've worked with say, hey, we're just putting our heads down and we're just doing what we did last month and we're hoping for a better result. And the reality is, is if you want to go places that you've never been, you've got to do things that you've never done. And I'm quite positive that You've heard that before, and you understand that, and you know that. But I'm just going to encourage you guys to kind of lean into that and say, what are the things that we can do differently to continue to move our business forward and create that change that we want in our business? And how do we? And that's how we utilize numbers to allow us to do that. And the numbers are kind of the thermometer of how we're doing. And now we look back and we say, well, how do we change the process to get a different result? And I've shared this. I've shared this with people individually. I've shared it with, in workshops. But I think it's a really powerful analogy of how this looks in the real world. And, and so uh, as a college football fan, uh, I'm no fan of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide in football. But I'll be darned if they haven't won three national championships in a row, and they're doing pretty awesome. Well, a year ago, Sports Illustrated interviewed Nick Saban, and they asked Nick, they said, hey, so is it your goal to win a championship every year? I mean, is that, is that the secret to your success? And Nick said, no. Our goal is not to win a championship every, every year. In fact, we don't worry about that. What we worry about is the process. And by the process, what he meant was is that we want our quarterbacks to throw the ball more accurately. We want the receivers to catch it better. We want our running backs to run the ball harder, hold on to the ball, we want, our defense, we want our defensive players to tackle, to hit their assignments 
all those different things, and we want them to do it better and better every day. How do we do better today than we did yesterday? And when we improve the process every single day and we stay dedicated to that, then we get the results that we're looking for, and that's what it is. So if we have a, if we have a goal of doing uh, you know, so much million or so much 100,000 in revenue, well, that's great. That's a great goal. But what needs to happen in order for you to get there? And as we track the numbers and we see that we're off track, what do we need to do to create transformation so that things are done differently? And what does that look like for something like this? So when I, when I have people at a workshop and we go through or on these monthly calls, what I'm going to challenge you is what can you do differently as a result of hearing this call? What is one thing that you can take now and, and take the information that you hear and use that to create change in your world of work. What does that look like for you as you move this forward? So think about that. How do we create this information and, and really create transformation? What does that look like for you? What is something that you can do differently as I talked about this that you can do better? Number one is how well do you know how your business is doing? Maybe it's just getting your arms around that and saying, you know what, I need to do better in this area. I need to have my finger on the pulse of what's going on a little bit more frequently. And for some of you, it may be, you know what, I just really need to have a honed-in dashboard for what it is that I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And for some of you, it's like, look, you know what, we need to really create action items out of the information that we see, and I need to get my team involved in this so that they can help support the initiatives that we want. And so as people are hearing this and they're thinking about it, you know, here are some of the pushback that I get to tracking numbers. Number one, I focus too much on the numbers and then I become obsessed with it. Okay, well, there's a healthy way to approach this and there's an unhealthy way. And I'm not saying that you obsess about the numbers because the numbers are one thing, but they're not everything. But look at the numbers and use those to create changes that you want. But it doesn't need to turn you into a, a, a maniacal jerk um, in the process. It doesn't have to be that way. The other thing is, is like, you know what, my business is about heart. And I, I'm about caring for people. And what I say to that is that's awesome. Your business should be about caring for people and it should be about making a difference. I think that's great. But if you do that in an unprofitable way, how long are you going to be able to create the value that you're creating in the marketplace. My guess is, is not as long as you want to or not at the level that you want to because you're not pinpointing the numbers and not looking at that. So am I saying that you should be all head and, and no heart? Absolutely not. But you should have a healthy mix of both. There should be some head and there should be some heart in everything that you do in your business. And looking at the numbers is one of those things. So the other thing is, I hear this all the time, and it's, I don't have time to look at these numbers. Who has time to look at this? Who has time to meet with their team to discuss what's going on? I don't have time for that. Well, how can you make time? The only reason I'm bringing this up is because you, you should do it, not because it's a suggestion. I'm not asking anyone to do anything in their business that they shouldn't already be doing. And if you don't have time for that, then we need to reexamine what that looks like, what the structure looks like, of how you approach your week so that you can make sure that you're looking at these things. Because the guy who got stolen from 
didn't have time for that. Hey, I'm, I'm taking care of patients. I don't got time for that. I'm taking care of my clients. I got no time for that. I can't be bothered with these numbers. I'm too busy saving the world. Well, that's fine until someone steals $50,000 from you and then it's not so good when it could have been avoided. So what can you do differently as a result of hearing this? What does it look like for your business? What can you do differently to create the results that you want in your business? And knowing that, look, if your results aren't where they want to be, they can change, and it starts with the business owner because you're the catalyst of the business. You can help create that change and start communicating that to your team, or if you're a manager, you can start communicating to that to your team and getting them on board so they can move forward with the business and keep the business moving in the right direction. Those things can all happen. So, um, so that's, that's what I've got tonight on information to transformation. Um, if you have a question, um, we've got some Q&A. You can hit star six, I believe, to unmute yourself, and you can ask a question. So I'm going to leave uh, it open now for a little Q&A, and go ahead and fire away. Uh, Brandon? Yeah, what's up, Greg? Okay. So, hold on just a sec here. So, I do have a question. So, yes. you know, I, because we covered some of this, uh, what you talked about uh, just recently, you know, we, we do, we've always looked at numbers. Now we're trying to look at them and make a transformation from them. Uh, we involve the whole staff. You know, we do a little bit of brainstorming, but we still don't get that finality on, on uh, you know, a, a transformation that gets us there, you know, immediately. Uh-huh. Do these changes need to be immediate? Is that number one, my question? And then number yeah. two, other suggestions, <laughs> if, if as a team we're brainstorming and we're not, you know, still coming up with the solutions to, to, to get the results that we're looking for. Okay, so one of the things that we know, and, and everyone who's listening to this can appreciate this, and Greg, that's a great question, is what do we know about change? What we know about change is change is hard. So, Greg, if you want me to do something different, um, am I going to give you some pushback and some resistance with that? Uh, most likely, yes. Yeah. yeah, so, and this is where managers are critical. Um, if you've got someone that can really be your hands and feet in your business, it's huge because you don't have the you don't have the resources in terms of time to be able to really make sure that all the change is happening in your business. And so, how immediate should the change be? The behavior should be immediate. Like I want people to, if you're going to do something differently, I want to know what it is, and I want you to do it tomorrow, not the next day, but tomorrow. Now, the results from that, how immediate should those be? It just depends on what the problem is and what you're trying to solve to begin with. Some problems can be very immediate. So, for instance, I got hired, I, I did a project for a company uh, 
this year where I came in and I helped run their sales team. And one of the first things that I did was just get my arms wrapped around the numbers and I poured a little bit of training into them and their results went up 50% in the first month and 100% in the second month. I mean, they had complete transformation in that period of time and we made it pretty immediate and, and, and pretty specific. But that was coming from a place of, it was kind of a barren wasteland to me coming in and really pouring into these guys and they're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Um, we've never had this kind of support before and, and their results did really well. You know, sometimes we're coming from a plane where things are already pretty good and it may take a little bit of time to get the result that, that we're looking for. But what I want to see is the behavior is immediate. And this is where accountability is crucial because a lot of times what we do, and I'm not saying that you, you do this, Craig, but a lot of times what happens is, is we set some directives for people and then we never mention it again. And then a month later, we look back and we're like, hey, how come you guys aren't doing that? And they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Or, oh, you know, they kind of put their head down and, and they get nervous about it. And, and that's where accountability is crucial. So this is where I want to check in with someone immediately, like the next day. So if you have some transformation that you want to create and someone's not and, – and, and you've given them a directive – the best thing that you can do is follow up with them the very next day and say, hey, how's that coming along? And the reason for that is now it lets them know that you're serious. And I'm not saying that anyone on this call does this, but I've heard of this happening outside of this group where people have said that they're going to do something and then they don't follow up with it, right? They have a, an initiative or a new rule or whatever it is in our business and they say, hey, this is what we're going to do and then they never talk about it again. Now, this may or may not be true for you, but what people are looking to see is how serious are you about what you're saying. And the way you can show them that you're serious is by following up with them on a fairly regular basis up front, not every day per se, but I do like to create that impact of checking in with them the very next day just to kind of set that expectation. And what they're looking for is to see, you know, how serious is this guy? about what they're doing or, 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 or this woman is, are they, you know, is she serious about what she's telling us? And so, uh, really having that accountability can be one of those things to really help set that expectation going forward and keep them engaged, uh, in the process. Is, is that helpful, Greg? It is. And, and you kind of answer my question because, you know, we're working, I mean, we have daily goals and even though we have packed schedules, we're not hitting the daily goals. And so, you know, we're trying to now hit the daily goals, but next week we already have packed schedules. So we know what, you know, we've came up with some great ideas, but we can't really implement them. And I guess that was kind of my question there too. You know, is I can't implement them next week only because we've already filled. But we can, you know, maybe implement them the week after, the week after. So, you know, we're not, we're still going to be behind the eight ball a little bit, but at least we know we're turning things into yeah. the right direction. So that's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all you need to do in that okay. case. So I think that's great. Thank you. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Any other questions? That was a good one. Okay, Greg, you're. I think you're the only brave one today. <laughs> that's all right. Okay, perfect. So that's it for tonight, then. Um, that's awesome. I appreciate you guys uh, joining us. I I'm going to 
put a replay available, so if you want to go back and listen to anything, you can. Uh, if you want to share something with a manager or someone else in your business, um, I'll make that recording available to them. So I appreciate you guys taking some time this evening to be with me. Um, we'll do, uh, we're going to talk next, next month. We're going to do a group call on emotional intelligence, uh, which is, uh, I think it would be a really good one. So we're going to talk about emotional intelligence and how important that is in leading and managing our teams. Um, so we'll talk about that on our next call. So thanks for being with us, you guys. And uh, look forward to talking to all of you guys one-on-one -on -one, uh, pretty soon. And if I don't talk to you before the holiday, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Take care.